0: welcome everyone to another episode of slasher scotty i am your host scotty mccoy and boy do i have a surprise for all of you i have on zoom with me right now mark n2 and he is the director and writer of massacre academy and wolf hollow which we'll be getting into so how you doing mark
1: i am doing great thank you so much for having me man i've been looking forward to this all week so.
0: Not a problem. Uh, it's funny because uh, we just started talking when I reached out to you to do the interview, maybe last week or the week before that, and we actually became pretty close friends <laughs> since that. Like, it really, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been one of those nice little things where it's like, oh yeah, we know a bunch of people, and oh yeah, we have a bunch of co- stuff in common. Oh, we make movies. Oh, we should just hang out. We should just, right. make
0: movies. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly true. And I I'm I'm looking forward to uh watching Massacre Academy. Um I will be watching that probably uh next weekend,
1: hopefully. No
0: so no yeah, and I'll be letting you know letting you know my in-depth details about it. And uh obviously the premieres coming up, we'll be getting into that. That's gonna be exciting as well. But the first thing, first and foremost, is obviously you are a filmmaker. You made Massacre Academy, you're gonna be making Wolf Hollow. What made you decide to become a filmmaker?
1: Uh Honestly, like I, I, I started off, and I've told this story a few times, but I started off as an actor, really. Mm-hmm. And so, like any other actor, it's really for the attention, to be honest with you. I mean, let's be honest. Um, but as I kind of went down the path of being an actor, um, I really kind of felt myself, like on other people's sets, kind of going, I'd maybe do that there. I'd maybe do that there. Like, you could feel the bug just a little bit. Yeah. And as I kind of got older and, and I could, I could kind of, verbalize what i was actually seeing in my head you know visually um that was kind of my first indication i was like you know what i should probably be directing i should or at the very least take a stab at it and um once i did that like i said uh, my first short film was in college it was a terrible horror movie um which was a an indication of things to come i guess but um but yeah that was my first first experience as a director and like i said i've been hooked ever since so that's awesome.
0: It's really cool. Um, and it's really important to be a director and have a bit because like if you would, if you're directing something, you're writing, it's your vision. So it's easier for you to bring it to life than somebody else taking the reins.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, I, especially as I've gotten older, I'm a lot more invested in my material now. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm able to see things a lot more clearly now. I understand what I'm trying to do. Right. And so it's, it, it's in my best interest as well to just kind of feel like, look, I'm going to write, I'm going to direct, and I'm going to edit this thing because I know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm hearing. Um, and that just kind of works well for everybody. And like I said, it helps kind of create a more efficient environment when you're on set as well, but everybody's yeah. kind of relaxed and everybody's doing their job well.
0: So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was funny because when I was interviewing Jess the other day, like she said that uh, she said a story about your son and I was thinking, six seven eight-year-old kid like giving the stank face doing the holding the boom mic and 18 years old and i'm like wait i could have swore mark was like 24 25 he's like he's gonna thank you for that
1: and i i love you so much for that thank you so much <laughs> no yeah. problem no, i am i am gonna be 43 in october wow so, really
0: you yeah. do not look 43 not at all i appreciate that not uh, a problem
1: i don't to be fair I don't act like I'm 43 either like or 42 either I mean I most of the time I act like a child so or or at the very least a really educated teenager and that's about it I'm gonna be
0: 32 this year and I love that's what I love about you because you have the same type of personality I do childlike and I asked how I am and that might be why we get along so well and are molded together like because we have that type of personality
1: exactly yeah and it's one of the things where honestly as I've gotten older and I think like I tell my wife this every once in a while I was like I think I was made for middle age anyway. Right. So as I've gotten older I'm I'm able to appreciate you know kind of separating the BS from like the things that really need to happen. So I'm a little bit more relaxed, I'm a lot more easygoing so I'm I tend to joke a bit more so things are a little bit lighter now than they used to be but yeah like so there's no point in kind of you know being kind of just too serious and too grumpy and all that. and you know, Right. So,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what horror films got you into the genre and what is your current favorite horror film?
1: Uh, I, I would honestly say Jaws is my first and foremost, like that's my favorite movie of all time. Um, Jaws is my, my, my top film of all time. And, and I, and I consider it a horror movie. I know some people are like, well, it's kind of more like a thriller. It's more of an adventure, but I'm like, it's a horror
0: movie. It's a horror
1: movie. Uh, <laughs> it's totally a horror movie. Um beyond that I mean I was raised in the 80s where it was like The Exorcist, The Fly yeah. um and 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 you know all the slasher movies like I said like Halloween, you know Nightmare on Elm Street. So I grew up in that that era anyway. So it was one of those nice things where I got to see a lot of practical effects. The thing is probably one of my favorite horror movies of all time and again it's because of the practical effects. The story's great, the acting's great, but it's the, the practical effects and just like how much they push the genre at that point. And
0: right, so, now um, CG is good to an extent if it's done right, but I am a person that prefers the practical effects because it looks more authentic, because it is more authentic.
1: Absolutely, and it's one of those things where I would rather CG be used to kind of remove things, like remove yes. wires or remove right. and remove screen. I'm like, that's great, that's fantastic. But right. if an actor can touch it and interact with it, and at the very least have some sort of frame of reference there, to be fair, like I said, like, if you look at the Avengers movies, I mean, the, the, the photo realism of like all the CG and that is amazing now. Yeah. And that feels like it's always the exception. You're like, that's, that's great because it looks fantastic. And it, it feels like it actually is there. But for the most part, when you see bad CGI, my daughter and I would watch uh, like YouTube, like top 10 lists. And we were talking about like the, like the worst like uh, video game movies. Right. And it was like, mortal Kombat annihilation and alone in the dark you're like oh my god and the cg is terrible and it just takes you out of everything you're like these yeah. are
0: this one is one thing why i waited movies. forever to see freddie versus jason i love freddie versus jason and when it finally came out i was like this yeah. is awesome and then the cg blood <sighs> yeah like, just like yeah. for example when the security asylum guard got the door knocked down on him and all that blood on the floor really like you had, you couldn't use fake, like fake real blood. You had to use CG blood. You could tell it wasn't real blood.
1: Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some great practical effects and stunt work in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and for Jason in some of the fight sequences, but yeah, like I said, if, if, if you're going to give me CG versus, you know, yeah, a, a, a nice happy accident on set, I'll, I'll take the happy accident I'll, any right. day of the week, you know, because there's something genuine about that. It just feels
0: right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So going into Massacre Academy. So there's probably a lot of people that might not be familiar with what Massacre Academy is. So can you tell us what that what it's about? A little synopsis about it?
1: It is an 80s love letter. Um, (laughs) Balls to the walls, 80s love letter. Um, It is the story of uh, it's about two years after an initial attack uh, of a a man named Henry Lee Palmer, um, who kind of went on a killing spree on, on the campus of Orristown State University completely made up it's not a real place um but two years later some of the survivors are having to kind of deal with the the the, the ramifications of everything that happened and as they start to kind of deal with that head-on and get over it um or or start to make some headway past that all of a sudden there's a new series of murders uh, right around the same uh, the, the anniversary and so they're having to kind of figure out is this the same guy is it somebody else like what's going on here and just kind of having to solve that mystery as they kind of deal with their baggage as well so
0: awesome that's i can't wait to see this i really can um it's, i'm so excited
1: I'm, well, you've got a link
0: for it you've i do i do i'm gonna have i might have to ask you for the link again when i'm about to watch it because because i it's probably in so we've talked so much since you sent it to me it's probably I know.
1: It's probably way up on the on the chat, yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll, I
0: might ask to ask you for it again. And if you do, what I'll do is I'll probably send it to myself in a private message. That'll probably be the smart thing to do or even favorite it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: I'll just email it to you as well. Whatever.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so where did the idea of Massacre Academy come from? Because we know you, you grew up in the 80s. You love the 80s. I love the 80s too. I wish I could see the 80s movies in the theaters. I grew up in December 89. <laughs> That's when I was uh, born. You were so like right missed everything. The I was like right at the end of the 80s when I was born. So you came out and you're like, what did I miss? Anybody right. Miss? Exactly. I grew up in the 90s, like with right. good 90s, stuff, 90s video games. But, you know, I, I wish I was I wish I would have saw the 80s horror. But uh, where did this idea of Massacre Academy come from?
1: Um, so the idea for Massacre, I mean, genuinely started. I was looking through I was kind of coming off of a period in my life where I was just kind of reevaluating things. I had kind of dealt with some a lot of personal issues, um, which I'm pretty vocal about on social media. Anyway, um, a lot of eating disorders and alcohol. Um, and at that point, I kind of decided I was like, what the hell do I want to do? Like, I, I needed to have that conversation with myself. And so I didn't even know at, at one point, I didn't even know if I was going to make another movie again. Like, I was just like, you know what, am I even good at this anymore? Do I even bother? Um, it puts such a strain on my family and my, my our finances sometimes but when it's done the wrong way. And so as I kind of started to reevaluate my life, I kind of sat back and I was like, what do I want to do? And what speaks to me? Like what makes me me? And what, what do I fall in love with whenever I talk about movies? And it was the first things that jumped out were the eighties and practical effects. And I was like, okay, well then how do I, how do I put that into a movie and, and make something that I give a shit about? And so at the end of the day, I had gone back and I had I had remembered a, a short movie that I had written. And in that movie, I had written like a little sequence where uh, there was a frat party and some people told us a, st- a horror story about some guy that you know killed people. And then the guy came in and actually killed a bunch of people at the party. And I was like, well, maybe I could use that. And I was like, so I used that as my jumping off point. And I was like, so then what's the story and what's the you know, how do I move this character around here and how do I do and I just started to slowly over the period of about maybe two or three months, like the story slowly started to kind of lay itself out for me. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I could, maybe it's a clown. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I just wound up coming up with the story, coming up with the, the idea, coming up with, with the, the the character that would become Carney, the, the killer clown. And it was one of those things where it was like, and it came from the most honest place in me. And it was like, what do I want to do that's going to make me fall in love with making movies again? And so hopefully when you see this, you can tell there's nothing but love for the material. There's nothing but love for the lighting style. There's, you know, the, the the editing dialogue. I mean, I I really tried to leave it out there. You know, it's kind of weird, like a, like a sports analogy almost, where it's like you're a performer, leave it all out there and and don't leave any stone unturned. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, Let everybody else judge your material, but you did the best you could. You, you left all of your heart, heart and soul out there. And that's pretty much what we did.
0: Nice. Nice. That's yeah. awesome, and uh, yeah, my boyfriend's not a fan of horror movies at all. But he, he, he forced <laughs> him, I force him to watch him Like he he doesn't want to see Halloween Kills. I'm like, he's like, you're not. He's like, you can go see it yourself. I'm like, no, you're going. You don't have a choice in the matter. You're going to see Halloween
1: Kills. Right, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna see. Not see. I'm gonna try my hardest to get him to watch Massacre Academy with me. Maybe we'll even watch it tonight. We'll see. But uh, I, I we'll uh, see. if he doesn't. I'll, I'm on my own. But I, I I love it, and I love. I'm not afraid of clowns myself. I know a lot of people that mm-hmm. are afraid of clowns. Clowns. That's why I like to integrate like a clown in my movie because I know it scares the shit. Right, exactly. Do. Right. It's a very common phobia. It really is.
1: It is. It's one of those things. Like I said, that I didn't want to oversell it, but it's one of those things where it was like, yeah, let's let's kind of speak to everything that you know, kind of makes people uncomfortable, and you know, and yeah. whether it's clowns, whether it's snakes, whether it's you know, whatever the fear is, right. Let, let's address that head on. Um, Cause I've even got a couple of fears, you know, that I had to deal with and I like, and those are in the movie. And like I said, you know, we, we try to kind of do things like that. Um, yeah. on, on the regular now, like I said, especially I, I try to kind of make sure I'm, I'm addressing things that I'm afraid of as, as much as the audience is afraid of as well.
0: So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, what was the hardest part about getting massacre Academy completed?
1: Um, honestly, I would say from a technical standpoint, from a production standpoint, it was, dealing with COVID. Um, and that was such a huge thing for us to, to even attempt. Um, luckily we had people that were extraordinarily responsible. Um, we were very lucky that luck has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, you, we, we tried to prepare as much as possible. And there were some productions that we had heard that were kind of going on. Um, And there were some ways you could kind of uh, there there was a website for, I think like safe sets for COVID protocol or something like that. Um, So we made sure that we were kind of adhering to those things, making sure that everybody was kind of getting tested. We did have the luck of having pretty much every scene that we had, we we could keep it to it's only these two or three actors on any given day. So it minimized our numbers a lot. And there was a, a point where we were like, you know what, we don't need a lot of hands on deck here. Instead of having, six PAs sitting around doing absolutely nothing. Let's only have two and let's make sure that, you know, obviously we're moving efficiently. Um, So things like that had to be addressed and we had to kind of work through those problems. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was probably the most, um, just from a coordination standpoint, that was probably the most difficult part. So.
0: Yeah. And COVID really, it's, it fucked up a lot of stuff. (laughs) It really did.
1: And the thing is, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I count us and when I say us, I mean I'm talking about the entire production. I count us extremely lucky because, despite all that chaos and despite all that, we were still lucky enough to make a movie, and we were lucky yeah. enough to still be creative and still yeah. have a good time and still be efficient and still. So I mean, there was a lot of things that had to fall into place the right way, yes. and everything happened for us the right way, luckily on this. And I was like, thank
0: god so yeah thank god for that it was right like mm-hmm. i mean it, it it just grew up a lot of people like even hollywood itself like it shut down a lot yeah. of places and yeah and some places were able to still get films out and that i mean that's good i, I mean no casualties no injuries no you know infection yeah. stuff, which is a big plus a big plus
1: well and i i think part of the issue for us too um and this is kind of like i mean you want to stay creative you want to stay as malleable as possible and one of the things that I was seeing a trend in like some of the media that was starting to come out during COVID was people were, were okay with being in masks on, on TV and on, you know, Grey's Anatomy and they're addressing storylines. And so it was like, how the hell do we do that in the eighties? Like, how do you, how do you address that? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that changed was there's a huge frat um, party scene like right in the middle of the movie, probably at the end of the first act. And initially it was the way it's written in the script. It was, you know, the sweaters and the pop collars and everyone looks like they're in the age and it was like you know what we that's the most irresponsible way to do that if we're going to do it safely why don't we have everybody in gas masks it's the holocaust it's like a nuclear holocaust it's fallout you know and it's that 80s paranoia so everyone's wearing road warrior masks and shit and i was like you know what yeah that that works and so it kept everybody safe but it also kept us Adhering even more to the period, which was kind of a a lucky accident or happy accident. Um, but yeah, it was it was things like that where it was like you it forced you to kind of get creative with the material and go, it's not how I really wanted it, but in order to keep everybody safe and in order for us to keep moving forward, this is probably the best decision. So and it looks great now. So
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um imagine like if you were filming uh, Massacre Academy, I'd say month, maybe two months ago. Cicadas
1: everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. that that would have been like plague, locusts, holocaust. I mean, like yeah, God was against you at that point. Yeah,
0: and the cicadas—that was one thing we were worried about with seventy-two. Thank God they're kind of cleared up now. But the the, the cicadas—they would mess up the sound so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. So, God bless you for getting through that. I
0: know. Oh my God, I can only imagine. So what uh do you have any fun stories from behind the scenes that you want to tell the listening and viewing audience from Massacre academy?
1: uh fun stories. I will tell you, people tend to get really goofy um, when you've kind of been working a couple of days in a row and you know doing long days, and luckily, we didn't have a lot of long days like we we didn't get to a point where we were just like oh my god' I'm dying, I'm dying right. but and i, I Jess alluded to it on her podcast as well, but there was a point where like, and I don't think I've ever laughed like that hard in a while, but she started doing that damn Bruce voice from family guy. <laughs> and so like, when you asked her about it, I was like, she's going to say, this, she's going to say the voice. And I know she's going to say it. And sure enough, like since so she brings it up, but it's one of those things that like, it literally came out of nowhere and we were just in between takes. I think we were getting ready to, to either rig somebody with something or we were waiting for like a, a, a costume change or something and so we were just down. We were waiting for 10 minutes and I was just laying down. I was kind of trying to rest and I was kind of delirious because we had been putting in a couple of long weekends in a row and Jess just starts in with that. Oh no. And <laughs> that thing has become a running joke ever since. And so, like I said, okay. so, and then I think the only other thing that you might want to ask Sierra about,
0: okay?
1: I know you've got Sierra and Christina on,
0: I They're know I have the, them on, both of them are on Friday. One's at 12 and right. one's at 3. Don't ask me which one's at which time. It's in my <laughs> Zoom, but I don't know which one's at which time.
1: So nobody else outside the cast knows, or, or yeah, our cast and crew knows this. So you're getting the scoop on this, but at some point, and you, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but you might want to ask Sierra and Christina about it. Okay. And somehow, when we were on set, Sierra got stuck in an elevator, and Christina left her in there Ooh. by her, and so it was this thing like i was walking to set and i saw like christina walk past me and i was like where are you going she's like nowhere nowhere and like they didn't know if sierra was going to be able to get out of the elevator but nobody told me anything and i was like okay i'm just gonna go set up the shot and they're like okay yeah no go set up the shot yeah we'll talk to you in a little bit and so i didn't find out about it until later they're like oh yeah she was totally stuck in the elevator and i was like i'm like so that's
0: something you might want to ask them because i don't know we'll talk to them about that but you might want to bring that up with them. So, yeah. yeah. I definitely will do that. Little Birdie told me that you got stuck in the elevator.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to,
0: you want to tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, depending on who you interview first, you might get two different sides of the story on that one. So. Right.
0: I think yeah. I interview Sierra first. I want to say Sierra first. I don't know off the top of my head, but for some reason I'm thinking Sierra because she was the last one I set up the interview with out of the big girls. Gotcha.
1: And I yeah. think...
0: um I think she says she's free on a Friday and I was thinking crap I work and I'm like oh wait no I work till 11 on a Friday not till two so I can Mm -hmm. do a 12 o'clock so I think it was her that I have on at 12 so but I I have to double check that but yeah I'll ask them that and see what happens there
1: yeah wrapped in an elevator
0: yeah that works happening (laughs) that's awesome so do you film on weekends do you film during the week
1: um, so for this, we were we were relegated pretty much to to weekends uh, on Massacre just because everyone had day jobs and everything else and myself included. Um, but that's the hope and dream is that, you know, moving forward into the next projects, it's like, hey. Take these 10 or 15 days off and we're going to go off and we're going to shoot the movie. Right. Um, that would be great. I, that would I would be in absolute heaven at that <laughs> point. Um but yeah, pretty much at this point, we're, we're kind of like sit down to, to just the weekends at, at this particular point.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how we are, too, in the same way, because like people do have their jobs. Not everybody has time to take off and, you know, other other people aren't allowed to take off or stuff like that. So we, we don't want people to get fired on our end, you know, because. Oh, yeah,
1: no, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So what was the best part about making about filming Massacre Academy and what was the worst?
1: uh the absolute best part uh i think there's there's two things that that, that kind of high for me um one it's absolutely seeing the, the the girls especially uh like i said jess sierra and christina they absolutely own the movie i mean they are the the three leads in the movie and like i said they to see them deliver every single day was awesome just to kind of be like as long as I don't mess up this shot, as long as I hit record, we're gonna be all right. So, like right. I said, so it was. I think it was feeling proud of them, and then feeling proud of Ashley, Stephanie, Rick. I mean, like, and uh, everybody else that's in our cast. Like I said, we yeah. we were blessed with such a good cast. Being proud of them all the way through the process. Um, but to see, like I said, Jess, Sierra, and Christina, yeah. who've never been put in that position to literally carry the movie all the way through Mm -hmm. and to see them do it as if they've done this a thousand times right and that that was probably the most fun I had just watching that um the worst thing um I would say there was there was one set that we were on that was actually it was it was one day but it was two different locations mm-hmm. um and we were filming here in mckeesport which is uh, like i said just it's where i live and it's maybe 20 minutes outside of pittsburgh okay. but the town used to be like a, a massive bustling hub uh, of activity and over the years it's kind of dwindled and buildings are, are, are vacant now they've still got power they, they they've still got uh, people that own them but again it's not a lot of you know tenants in the building so you're able to be in empty buildings right. and not a lot of them have heating or anything like that so we were shooting scenes in January in Pittsburgh and there was one day specifically where I, I legitimately thought my hands were going to freeze I was just like I, I can't take it in here I like I'm freezing and it's the same day Jess was talking about we yeah were, I was we thinking the same the thing just talking about it yeah and it was one of those things where the the ground floor seemed to be okay we were like okay we can manage this. And the moment we got up to where we needed to shoot, which was five floors up with no heat, no power, no light, no nothing. You're, you're bringing everything in. It was absolutely cold. And it was one of those days where we didn't expect it to, but it was starting to snow outside. And it was like, this is, this is cold and it was marble. And it was like, everyone was miserable. Yeah. But you can't tell, like you look at the footage, you look at the, the, and some of our actors are, are, are in like, really thin shirts and you know kind of just maybe a t-shirt underneath and so in between takes i mean they're putting everything back on right. and it was absolutely just just miserable Crazy. um so that was probably the the toughest day to kind of get through um because even like our longest day wasn't terrible like the, right. the the longest days that we had were um there was a a, a frat massacre kind of at the end of the but that's not a spoiler so right. um but a big frat kind of massacre at the end of act one and that, like I said, as long as that took, I think it was probably maybe like a 12 hour shoot, that wasn't tough. Like that was easy. That was cake. But right. compared to that day where it was just freezing cold, like that was absolute, absolutely atrocious. It was, it was bad. So
0: crazy. Wow. Yeah. So you
1: do for our movies. So
0: so how did you happen to make this film though different than any of the other indie horror films that are out there like what were you able to do like story wise writing wise directing wise producing wise anything of the sort how did you make it different than anything else
1: well i think from from my perspective and again this is just me i I could be completely way off base but i think one of my strengths um whenever i make movies is i'm pretty comfortable with action and so I like the pace of action movies. I, I like, uh, like I said, how quickly things have to kind of move. And so to me, it was approaching a horror movie with kind of an action sensibility. Um, so it's kind of like the action movie rhythm and kind of the pace and how, how things have to happen every you know five minutes, basically. Because, again, I'm from that old school 80s uh, filmmaking where it's like in an action movie, there has to be some sort of exciting thing every five or ten minutes. Something has to happen. And so that, to me, that helped me make it completely different. Um, My lighting style, I'm not a contemporary filmmaker by any stretch. Like, I don't like a lot of, like, fancy, you know, current gimmicks. So I wind up gravitating towards 80s filmmaking, 80s lighting. So like I said, so this was like, it fit me like a glove. And I was like, I can nail, and I know I can nail that look. I know I can nail the blue lights and the smoke and, you know, all that. Um, so i think it's the love of action movies and it's the love of the actual period the time period is that's what makes this movie stand out more than anything else because it really does nail that that 80s aesthetic hardcore so
0: yeah and it's not like watching a friday the 13th or a halloween where it's 80s style because it is in the 80s like this is making right. something that is present day 2020s you know, into an '80s style, so it's it it's yeah. gonna be harder to nail that because of it being so far away from that time period. Back in the Friday the Thirteenth era, you could make it a '80s. It was, just the way it was. Yeah. It was the '80s?
1: Yeah, and that was the thing too, is that I tried to approach it in that respect. It was like, what kind of lenses would they have at, had access to at that point? What would the color temperature on the film be at that point? um because you know at one point it would have to be this and what kind of graduated filters and like I mean there's literally hours of of homework that I do on stuff like that um so I mean it's but at the same time I didn't want to make it cynical I didn't want it to make it like hey look at we're making fun of the 80s like I didn't want to do that I was like no I, I genuinely love this period and I want it to be a love letter to this it can't be taking you know a shot at the 80s it's like no you got to really love that in order to nail it the right way
0: so. absolutely absolutely yeah. so the next two questions um are the part that we've all been waiting for so tell us how if john from arizona for example he wants to go to see this premiere how can he go where can he go where is it at like how do you get your tickets how much are they where, where can he go and do all this
1: so first and foremost we are thank you john from arizona <laughs> um, whoever you may be in the scenario. Um, but if you go to the LAMP Theater, uh, LAMP Theater's website, I believe it's under lamptheater.org, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if you go to the LAMP's website, um, like I said, we're having our premiere here in uh, Irwin, PA on July 31st at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6. Um, tickets are $30. But like I said, for that, you're actually getting access to the red carpet. Um, we're actually having a QA afterwards. We've got some special door prizes pictures with the cast and crew. Like I said, you're going to get to meet everybody. Um, After that, we'll hopefully be getting announcements for film festivals around the country and outside the country. So right now we've got about, I'd say 45 to 50 submissions right now um, that are kind of pending. So, and I mean, those are everywhere from Arizona for John in Arizona, um, (laughs) Massachusetts and Vermont to the United Kingdom to Germany. I mean, it's like, so um, like I said, there's, there's a ton of, locations that we've got covered uh, madrid uh, is one of them i think as well um so like i said so we've got hopefully once we start to to get accepted all the way through like i said we'll have screenings around the world and start announcing those at whatever festivals are in your area so stay tuned
0: so are you going to be going to say the united kingdom or germany if you get accepted oh, over
1: there? i wish <laughs> i wish um i i would love to go obviously i mean it's, it's a budgetary thing yeah. um, but if it's something within driving distance uh, from Pittsburgh, I mean, even if it's, you know, six or seven hours, yeah, I, I, I may be crazy enough to drive it. So
0: Right. Nice. Before I get to the last question of Massacre Academy and hop into Wolf Hollow, I'm not going to really say much about this because we're talking more about it, but uh, so I'm not going to really say anything about it, but uh, I do want to say is I am about five hours from Pittsburgh. I know we talked about working together eventually. Um, how I'm not a city driver, How is uh, but I would drive to Pittsburgh. I know my boyfriend said he'll be my navigator and he'll stay at the hotel while I film and everything. So be it. But, right. but uh, is it an easy drive? Uh,
1: so where are you coming from?
0: Um, well, I currently uh, live in Woodland, Maryland, but I probably be. I, right. I don't. Yeah, I probably be coming from Woodland, Maryland.
1: Right. So it's, it's, if you're coming up from Maryland, my wife and I and our kids, we actually did from DC. So
0: I'm. I'm is that I'm, I'm not the, far from DC. I'm about maybe 35 minutes away.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we did that drive. I mean, honestly. Again, I'm from Texas and like it takes you hours to get anywhere anyway. So like I'm used to those drives. Um, so when I drove from D.C. to back home uh, to Pittsburgh, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's a nice scenic drive. Um, there's some bends here and there, but for the most part, it's you know pretty much a straight shot. Right. Because um, The
0: thing I hate about driving those types is like, for example, it says you have a fork in the road. And then when you take the one, you have to take the one fork, which is easy to know which fork you got to take. And then it splits again into upper right. and lower and like over that way. And it's like, which way do I go?
1: Yeah. And the, the funny thing is like coming back from, from uh, Maryland and, and the DC area, that wasn't the case. It was, it was pretty much straight shot. Like I said, I can't remember what the, the freeway is, but, uh, but yeah, it wasn't too terribly confusing to to kind of get on one and just follow. I it, and could probably it. do
0: that easily. So yeah. <laughs> that yeah,
1: yeah it's pretty easy yeah it was pretty easy
0: that's awesome so the last question about massacre academy so after the premiere obviously when it's ready to be out like when and where can anyone that wants to see this film after the premiere when and where could they be able to see it where will it be streaming where will it be accessible
1: so we're actually having those conversations right now okay. so we've actually we've been speaking to several distributors obviously we can't say who they are mm-hmm. um but we've kind of been working through the process of actually getting it onto to certain, several platforms. Um, and so it just really depends on the the distributor and what deals they give us. Um, yeah. Some of them are strictly just video on demand. Some of them, some of them want to actually do physical DVD releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just de- depends on the best deal that we, we wind up getting offered. Um, and so, like I said, so hopefully, like I said, at that point, um, and if they don't decide to go with theatrical, we would still retain those rights probably and so we'd probably push for our own screenings you know in in your neck of the woods or anybody else's neck of the woods really so right um, so hopefully within about the next couple of months we should have a a really good indication of what we're going to be on
0: awesome that's great and if you do ever get in theatrical you're in a theatrical area near baltimore maryland or anywhere in maryland or like even in pennsylvania my part of pennsylvania like hey i'll go see it again
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: there's, there's nothing better than seeing it in a theater
1: Exactly. That, and that's that was one of the things that we were so dead set on, I, at least I was too, about with our premiere is I, I wanted to hold off, like I said, because we were done a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, you know what, we could release it while we had some of the COVID restrictions still. And I was like, no, I was like, I, I want a full house. I want our cast and crew has earned that and they deserve that. Oh, absolutely. And have it. There's such a rush that you get. And it's that sense of community where it's like you got 300 people all in the palm of your hand and they're all laughing and they're all screaming and they're all jumping at the exact same time that to me you can't re- duplicate that that feeling and so to me i want that feeling for our casting crew especially for premiere night like that's that would be a godsend so
0: yeah absolutely i know there's a couple of people in your casting crew that are in uh in 72 and we talked about that already that's right Yep. And uh, they all said, uh, we asked them, what days are you not available? What days are you available? So we can work around your schedule. And they're like, well, the 31st, we have a premiere. Can't say what premiere it is yet because it's not released. And then like a day later, they're like, well, it was released now. So I can say it, Massacre Academy. We're like, well, take the day off, enjoy, have a good time at your premiere. Like, we don't want to hold you back from going to something that you earned. Because we're we're all in the indie film community, we're all family. Like you know what I mean. Like we all make movies. Like we are a family. We really are. And uh, and we we were more than happy to let them enjoy that. And I know like Amanda Sawyer and Noelle Berger, Michael Taylor, they're all going to be there. And I I I hope they have so much fun doing it. Like being there and earning what they deserve. (laughs) I
1: I will say one thing. Excuse me. Michael Taylor, by far, he has a, a great moment. And like I said, and that's one of those things where I'm like. I want you to experience that because every time I've shown the movie to to everybody, um, the moment that he has, it just, it it kills. So like, it's one of those things, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you deserve to see that with everybody. Like you deserve. You never saw it yet? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did he ever see it yet?
1: He has seen it. So okay
0: it and
1: noelle has seen it at this point
0: so okay nice i yeah. can't wait for uh i can't wait to see that and i'm, yeah. I'm going be, be like I'll, I'll be ragging on michael like whatever it is i don't know what it is yet off the top of my head i think you might have told me briefly but i, I haven't like seen it so i can't wait to see it and start ragging on michael because i actually meet him for the first time on saturday because uh saturday um we're filming a heavy duty man together he's one of the people i think the- that yeah i saw you
1: guys something, something like that, that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Man, that'll
0: be so much fun. I can't wait to uh, wait to uh, meet him in person. He, he's he seems like a really nice guy, and
1: yeah. one of the nicest guys I've met. Yeah, fantastic guy.
0: That's awesome. It's, yeah, I work with him on uh, the Saturday, so I'm really excited to see him and, and meet him. So going on to Wolf Hollow, um, I uh, haven't read the script okay. yet. Um, I do know uh, based on the title, I'm assuming Wolf Hollow is going to be entirely different than Massacre Academy. So can you tell us a bit about what the film will be about?
1: Hmm. It will be about, um, yeah, no, it, it's going to wind up actually being about werewolves. I um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of figured. Um, so I don't want to get it too in, too far into the spoilers or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I, I will say that we're bringing on quite a few of our uh, uh, Master Academy veterans. Nice. Uh, like I said, We've got Christina uh, Krakowski. She's coming on. She's playing the lead. Alex. Yep. Um, Jess gets to wind up playing probably one of the um one of the meanest bitchiest yeah i was trying to find a nice word for it but yeah um (laughs) a just a despicable person and 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 that's and i pitched it to her that way i was like i want you to play this and i want you to play something completely different than than chris and she was like i'm i'm all about that i'm on board so um, so I like challenging everybody. Um, except, yeah. I'm like, I've seen you do this, but now let's see if you can do this instead too. Right. Like I like I think you can because I know you can. So, yeah. um, but pretty much like I said, there's uh, we're, we're still finishing up the first draft right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is werewolves. Um, it is a group of people, and there will be blood, lots of blood and gore and fur, and yeah. that's pretty much all I can say at this point. So without spoiling a lot,
0: nice. I would love it. And I'm—I like I said, I haven't read the script, so don't take my word for it. I'm sure you can confirm it, but right. I would love to see somebody get gobbled up whole by a werewolf. <laughs> Did you, have you seen um, Psycho Gorman? Sounds familiar. I may have a long time ago. It's, it's
1: one of those movies that just came out last year. Okay. Um, and you just saw it kind of. Well, the then I haven't movie.
0: seen it. If it's that I thought you were talking about like an '80s, like American, an American. Oh, American no,
1: no. Yeah, no. So Psycho Gorman is. Uh, I don't know if you did. You ever see the movie The
0: Void? That sounds very familiar. I may yeah. have.
1: that one came out maybe about three years ago or so. I may have seen that one. That one, one sounds very familiar. That. That's a great movie. Yeah. But the director for that, the co-director for that, went off and did another movie called Psycho Gorman. Okay. That is a love letter to like Power Rangers hyper violent makeup effects i mean like it is absolutely over the top makeup effects and like some of the stuff that they did on that budget is amazing like i looked at i was like this is amazing filmmaking the 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 amount of things that they were able to put on screen um but that movie there's one effect like as you were saying that there's one effect where uh the the, the main character psycho goorman like is devouring one of his enemies like his jaw literally like opens up like a huge like trash bag and just starts to like gobble up one of the characters. I was like that is amazing and it's all practical. It's all real. It's there's no TGI on that. Um, And some of the TGI that they use is kind of intentionally cheesy and like it's not supposed to look great. But I mean but it's one of my favorite movies now and like I said definitely recommend you look it up.
0: I, I will, I, for some reason that, that movie sounds so familiar. I don't think I've seen it if it came out with them last year, but I mean, it sounds yeah. so familiar. So I definitely heard that somewhere. I know I did. It sounds so familiar to me.
1: Yeah. It's an indie, it's definitely an indie movie that kind of, like I said, kind of flew under the radar. I saw a trailer for it. And I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, this looks amazing. And so then I wound up um, showing my wife and she was like, we, we have to see that. Right. And so then a friend of ours, and like I said, we were uh, having a dinner and we were like, you know what? let's just watch it and it was one of the greatest movie watching experiences i've ever had in my life and i was like this is amazing and like we watched it again like the next day with the kids too and it was so good did you ever
0: hear and i don't know if this is a real movie or not but did you hear the wwe studios horror film titled tables no so i'm gonna have to send you the trailer to that it looks so bad but looks so good at the same time
1: is it a recent like
0: movie I don't think it's some, I don't even know if it's a spoof or somebody made a a trailer, but I don't know. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I don't, I, the trailer's on YouTube, but I don't know if it's a real movie. I, uh, Ronda Rousey and the Dudley boys and there's killer tables and they're trying to kill the tables.
1: That sounds like one of those. uh, uh, Oh God. What is that one? Um, I think it's funny or die or somebody put it out where it was like, um, ghost tits. Okay. Oh, that tra- It was so stupid. It's like, it's a fake trailer. Right. And it was like a Mun, and like she has like these huge breasts. And then like her boyfriend wakes up one day, like they're gone. And like she's got like a flat chest. And he's like, What happened to your tits? And she's like, I've always been flat chested. And he's like, And it's like this, like, uh like this psycho drama of like, What happened to the tits? What happened? Like, and he's going around. And then like, eventually, like towards the end of the trailer, she's like, the tits can hear you they're in the walls and you're like what the hell it's so stupid and it's <laughs> i will have to top. send
0: you this uh this trailer and show you this yeah. trailer because it is freaking hysterical hell after uh, like this, after this um even after this uh after i finish recording or whatever what i could do is i could share my screen i could just show you it or whatever if you want it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's freaking amazing like it's funny it's so stupid that it looks good like yeah
1: yeah just one of those but yeah it sounds like something like that would have like that in that ghost hits arena. So.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. It's freaking great. So where did you get the idea of doing like the Wolf Hollow? What, where did you get the idea of doing this type of film? Was there any inspiration?
1: Uh, I think part of it was, I wanted to go back. I mean, one, one thing that we, we have access to here, like I said, there's, there's a location that we're going to be using. Um, that's kind of a haunted hayride uh, just down the road. And, that was, was one of the, the things. Not the box, <laughs> Right. Not the ice box. <laughs> it was One of those where it was, it was offered to us on massacre and probably like during pre-production. We we're like, you know what? I think we're okay with that. We don't need it on this one. Um, but then as I kind of started, like you, you tend to bookmark those things in your mind and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'll come back to that. Like, that sounds like something I would use later. Yeah. And so that was one of the first locations that got offered to us. And I was like, you know what? I think I can write something around that. Yeah. And so. That's been incorporated uh, as, as one of our main locations. Nice. Um, but like I said, Haunted Hayride, Werewolves, pretty yeah. much all I'm going to say at that yeah, point. That, but really- you know, part of it is I just want to stay in the, 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 the type of filmmaking where it's just practical effects. Mm-hmm. And I've had such a great time on Massacre doing practical gore and, you know, dags. And I mean, like there's, you feel like a kid again. And so like me, it's, it's energizing to be on set and be like, what are we going to screw up today? What are we going to tear off today? And, you know, people become kids. Like we all become 10 year olds again at Halloween. It's like you're putting makeup on people's faces and, you know, arms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. Put more blood, more blood. And it's so everybody just enjoys it. And I'm just like, I want to be around that for the rest of my life.
0: So yeah, I'm, and one thing I could amazing. say 100% you probably don't even need this advice, but it's basically stick to practical effects all the time. Yeah. Like it really yeah. makes it look that much more better.
1: Yeah. Really yeah. Does. And like I said, and if you light it the right way, yeah, it looks amazing. It, it things yeah. look fantastic, you know? So there's why would you want to shoot any other way, yeah you know? Absolutely.
0: So. Absolutely agreed completely. So When and, I I guess I could say where, I mean, you kind of answered it, but when and where do you plan on filming Wolf Hollow?
1: Uh, So Wolf Hollow, we'll we'll be back here uh, just slightly east of McKeesport. Um, So there's another uh, smaller kind of township called Irwin um, and North for Sales. It's kind of in that general area, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're pretty much 20 minutes outside Pittsburgh. I mean, if you go
0: in the city filming
1: right we're not in the city but i mean we can pretty much get anywhere if we need to okay um like i said we're kind of in the outlying suburbs of of pittsburgh but yeah i mean everybody pretty much calls it just pittsburgh yeah we're in pittsburgh but we've got these little townships um but pretty much like i said we've got the locations here um and it's a matter of literally a 10-15 minute drive from my house
0: nice um
1: so it's nice to be like you know what at the end of the day, I'm going to get to go back home and sleep in my own bed and, you know, yeah. shoot a movie, but then still come back and reset at the end of the day. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. Like I said, mentally, it helps you recharge at the end of the day. You're not out on an island for 20 days, you know, away from home. And I think that would start to mess with me a little bit after yeah, a while.
0: Absolutely. Like if, if, if I were to be in Wolf Hollow for whatever reason and I'm full of blood, if, obviously. If, if. 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 You
1: will. You will.
0: I, yeah. I didn't know if I could say it or not. I didn't know if I could say you it. Will. Okay. Yeah. So I can say it. I will be in Wolf Hall. But uh, when I'm in Wolf Hall, and if, I will say if for spoiler reasons, then because I don't know, but if I'm covered in blood, um, I would love to be uh, at a hotel, obviously, because I think driving five hours, and if I get pulled over and I'm full of blood, people are going to, police are going to be asking questions.
1: Or they would want your autograph because they're like, oh, my God, you're in a movie covered in blood. Yeah, good,
0: in a point, good point. Good
1: yeah, point. So you never know.
0: No. <laughs> Have I seen you before? You look, you're you're, you're you're in a movie or whatever. Like, are you famous or something? Like, do I know you? Oh, yeah. I was on the Ellen Jenner show the other day. I'm in this big A, a Hollywood blockbuster, but I'm filming at McKeesport, you know, Erwin <laughs> then that's
1: when, you just, that's when you pull up the Instagram page and you're just like, oh, you might want to like our page while we're talking here. Right. Time.
0: Absolutely. And then you speed off. Exactly. Yeah, now, did you true. ever watch Friends? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, remember when Ross is uh, oh, when Ross yeah, over after Rachel does, he's like, Hello, <laughs> officer, pretty,
1: pretty, yeah, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, just flirt Learn with the that cop. I'll, instead of flirting with the cop, I'll be uh, pulling up some celebrity status to the cop,
1: right? Exactly, yeah, yes. name dropping yourself. I don't know if that works, but. You can try
0: it. I could try it. I could try it. I don't have right. boobs though. I don't have like boobs to like you know get out of the out of the ticket. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to have to use some themes. You're gonna smacking. have to get creative. Yeah. to have Get creative. That's what yeah. we do in filmmaking though. We we're creative human beings. So I'll i I'll, I'll have to improv something on the top of my head.
1: There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and so, <go>. um, <laughs> absolutely so do you anticipate? like i know obviously wolf hall is still in the writing stage the pre-production stage so do you have any anticipated release date or year at least for the film even though it hasn't been filmed and uh, if so when
1: uh it would be great to be able to shoot wolf um next spring because like i said typically i like to work like kind of like a year out um so it'd be great to shoot in spring yeah um if I can edit that fast, I, I would love to have an October of next year premiere. Yeah. Um, and typically, like, I, I do work pretty fast anyway. Um, like I said, we we finished shooting Massacre in uh, February. Right. And I had my completed cut by beginning of April. I mean, yes. so, like, we, we – and, and that was sound. That was picture cut. That was everything. But that's also because I'm literally cutting as we're going. So – and that's one of the nice parts about shooting on weekends is like we can shoot for 2 days and yeah. then I have 5 days to edit the thing and get it right and then work on the next 2 days after that so like I said yeah. so it's um hopefully that would that would happen on wolf we'll we'll see what happens
0: we'll see what happens i mean it- I, I can't. I, one thing that is good is that you don't rush it, and I know you don't rush it. Like you you yeah. do it, and if if it takes longer, it takes longer. Like I mean, you didn't want to you didn't want to like release it obviously before the premiere because you didn't want you want everybody to get what they earned, and like just those type of things show what kind of filmmaker you are, and it shows that you you know you care about not just you know the, the audience that will see it, but you also care about the cast that put in their hard work, their time, you know, and all that stuff in in yeah. Cause yes. it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, where you can, uh, where it's like, I just put all my time to act in this, but there's all this stuff outside of being on set where memorizing your lines and, you know, practicing your scenes outside of being on set. So you can get it right when you're on set. Like there's right. so much that goes into being an actor that a lot of people take for granted.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think it's, it's always, I've been lucky enough to have enough people around me to be malleable, malleable in that process where it's even though they've done their homework, like I come to the table and I know I've done my homework and I I prep that morning as well. So, I mean, like I'm well-versed in the the day and I know what I'm doing, but I'm never against an actor who's done their homework and they they know exactly what they're gonna do, coming to set and just going, can I try this instead? Because I think even Jess like brought it up as well, where it's like, there was some moments where I was like, you've got three lines here. And she was like, but I don't think I should say that. And I'm like, I agree. I completely agree. And that comes from having that communication. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes it's me also challenging the actors and saying, I know you've rehearsed it this way for you know the last two months. Right. Try it this way instead. And seeing how they react to that and understanding and that And there's they- nothing
0: wrong with filming it that way and this way and that way and this way because you can get all these different takes. And then when you're editing it in post-production, splicing the best ones together. Because you might say, this way sounds really great. Try it this way. And when you film it, it, it is good. But then you say, "Now try it this way. That one might be even better."
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, there there are sometimes where like I will t- I tend to overwrite jokes yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. and so there are sometimes where I'm just like, once you get in the edit, like even then you're like, that doesn't work. Like we're gonna have to cut that, or we're gonna have to kind of move things a little bit faster. Um, so things aren't precious to me. Like I said, I don't. I try not to make sure that like my jokes on the page uh, are are good, or even if it's an emotional scene it may not work. So it's one of those things where like you have to be sensitive to those things. And like I said, just kind of be ready to push past it or make it a bigger moment because the actor brought something to it that you didn't see before. So
0: absolutely. So what do you believe will be the hardest part of filming Wolf Hollow once you go into production? If you had like your crystal ball, what do you think will be the hardest part of getting this film made?
1: Trying not to kill the actors by putting them in, big furry suits um <laughs> we we did a, a photo shoot um about two weeks ago we were just doing just kind of like some conceptual stuff mm-hmm. um and one of our actors who's a pretty tall guy his name brian Soponis um i love him to death he's fantastic he's one of my closest friends um and he's an amazing actor but um he was he was our model for the the wolf suit i was like I need somebody that's big because Christina's like five, two, five, three, and Saponis is six five. So I'm like, just put the suit on and like we'll make it look great. And so he was in that thing. And again, it's not a full suit. It, it was maybe just a headpiece and some gloves. And by the time he was done, he was in there for five minutes and he was like, I- I'm dying. I- I'm like, this is this is rough. And so like he took it off and he was just drenched. And I was like, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a challenge. So it's going to force us to obviously think about if we're shooting in spring or summer of next year, we've got to have some sort of cooling mechanism in in the suits
0: and
1: and making sure everybody's able to take suits on and off pretty quickly. So like I said, so just making sure everybody's comfortable, I think is the big thing.
0: I I guess I better stay on your good side or I'm going to be the one being the werewolf. (laughs) You don't know. You don't know. Maybe. so the last question i got for you outside of massacre academy and wolf hollow are there any other films or projects that you are working on that you would like to promote to the listening and viewing audience as well as any social media or websites that you would like to promote to the audience
1: uh honestly i'm not working on anything else right now other than a couple of music videos yeah. um so i've got a couple of guys that i usually work with uh one of them is named joe young um he is an amazing talented singer who's probably not going to be around me for much longer so he's going to probably wind up like tailing it out to to la here soon nice. um but joey is a fantastic artist i've been privileged enough to shoot two music videos for him already, so i'm working on that um so his single his second single is about to drop on that so we should be releasing that here soon um in on july 3rd i'm up in philadelphia with another one of our guys that i've done a ton of music videos for and i absolutely love. He's family to me at this point. His name's Leaky Yappa. Um, but him and his crew, we, we're going up and uh, begin in July to shoot another music video for them. And um, like I said, so yeah, so we, we stay pretty busy. Um, like I said, we tend to work with the same people over and over again, just cause it's such a a, a nice rhythm we all get into. Right. Um, other than that, like I said, I, I'm kind of taking my time with writing the script for Wolf Hollow and that's pretty much it. There's not a lot else going on beyond Delivering massacre to uh, to distribution, and that's so. Those are those are the big four things that are like happening right now.
0: So. Awesome, awesome. Any social media you want to promote for anybody that can keep up to date on any of the projects?
1: Uh, if you find us under massacre, I think it's under massacre underscore academy on on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Hollow is at Wolf Hollow official movie. Um, my personal one is Mark Cantu ninety eight on Instagram as well. Um, if you want to follow us on Facebook just find the Masker Academy page. Yeah. Um, there's also an official fan page group as well on Facebook, but uh, yeah, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. Uh, we've always got posts. We've got uh, updates for, for new screens. that are going to be coming up here soon. And uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled and posted for, uh, for the film festivals and everything else that we'll be hopefully announcing here soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've had a blast, man. Thank you
0: so much. Yeah, once I uh, stop this recording, stick around. I want to talk to you. uh, See what you think about the Halloween Kills League trailer. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, man. And it's been an honor. And I was waiting for this for a while as well. I know you were waiting for a week. I've been waiting for a week. I'm so glad we could make it happen.
1: I know. Absolutely. All right. right. So we will definitely be seeing you, man.
0: Yep. Bye. Bye.